and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates them too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 113. Holy wow. fucks. That's that's a few. That's why I was late this morning. Is there any supernatural significance to that? Or is it just 13? I don't know. Are our mics a little low? You seem a little low. No, we're hitting uh, the 12 decibel mark. Okay. Okay. Uh, Good thing we worked that out after we started. <laughs> I can cut that out. <laughs> I'm a pro, man. Uh, so Matt, Ryan, and myself are all in the studio. We're also... Joined by someone else who will not be speaking, but listening to what we're saying, kind of, while reading a book. So, <laughs> critically important that we name her. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, we're also joined via Skype by Dan from Two Skeptical Chaps, who apparently isn't feeling very well, but joined us nonetheless because we wanted to talk about Brexit. How you doing, Dan? Yes, hello. Yes, apologies for my voice. I, I'm getting over the flu, so yeah, uh, it, I'll probably sound a bit croakier than usual. But <laughs> so sorry you're not feeling well. So tell us a little bit about how Brexit came to be. What what kicked off all of this? It's my understanding that people were people were complaining and saying they wanted to leave the EU for quite some time, and Cameron finally was like, "Fuck it, okay, I'll call your bluff. Let's do it. Let's vote on it." thinking that it probably wouldn't actually pass, but it would get people off his ass about it. Yeah, that's probably a fair way to describe it. I mean, there's been a lot of resentment towards the EU for quite a while. I mean, you've got parties like UKIP, whose pretty much sole purpose was to break us out of the EU, UK Independence Party, uh, which is Nigel Farage, who's sort of the biggest idiot we've ever sent anywhere to represent us. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the upright lizard is what he looks like. Yeah. but. Um, no, I think that's that's a fair description, Dan. That basically at the last election, Cameron. I, I think the generous way of looking at it is that he he wanted to attract some of the voters that might have gone the UKIP direction over to his party. And one of the ways he did that was to say that we will have this referendum where we will have a vote, and then we will decide uh, whether we whether we stay in or get out. Which Arguably worked because he did win the last election where people weren't expecting him to. That was a bit of a turn up. We were expecting a sort of split decision again and having to have some sort of coalition formed. But uh, that's that's how we got where we are, basically. What's what's the appeal of leaving the EU for for those uh, Brits who want to vote that way? Um, well, I mean, if anyone's listened to our show, uh, myself and Spike are both strongly in the Remain camp, but. There are legitimate reasons or arguments for for leaving. I think the biggest one that 
I could agree with would be the idea of sovereignty, where effectively some of our laws are being made outside of our own country, which a lot of people have an issue with on principle. But in reality, those laws on a day-to-day basis, they're not really affecting me and or anybody that I know really. And they've actually been quite a force for good in stopping some of the things that our own government has wanted to do that a lot of people, you know, they've done things, you know, uh, towards the green direction. They've done things for workers' rights that, you know, our government didn't want to do, but they've, they've improved situations for workers across Europe and things like that. So arguably they're, they're a force for good in that area, which I don't know, a lot of people didn't, just didn't like the idea of the rules being set outside our borders, I think was the main thing there. But uh, the, the strongest thing was kind of the immigration. That, that's kind of the biggest issue, I think, that everybody's jumped up and down. And the Leave campaign strongly, I'm not sure how the, what the best way to describe it is, but they kind of gave off this vibe that if we voted Leave the EU, suddenly we'd be able to really control our borders and reduce the number of foreign workers coming in, which in some sectors is a big issue to people. But the reality is, once we leave, if we want to keep trading with all these countries, we're going to still have to have free working, you know, people are still going to need to be able to travel between these countries to work. That's probably going to be one of the conditions if we want to trade with these countries. So it's realistically, it's not actually going to change. Yeah. And I, I noticed too, when people afterwards, when they had voted this asking them, Hey, well, what's this whole vote about? Why were people voting? No. And a lot of people were saying, Oh, they're racist. They don't want immigrants coming into this country anymore. So they voted to leave the EU thinking that that would prevent immigrants from coming into our country. Cause all the immigrants sticker jabs. I think it's it's the, it's the it's the ISIS scare right now. Um, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think the ISIS thing is really an issue unless you look at maybe places like Turkey. But I mean, most of the immigration issues are to stereotype. It's they they like to say it's builders coming from Poland, okay, and taking all the building sites. It's th- things like that. That's that's where I kind of I think the hot points are. Um, it's certainly not fair to say that everybody that voted Leave is racist. Yeah, uh, but as a friend in my office said. Almost all of the racists voted leave. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, similar. my my family is very split. My parents both voted to leave. Hmm. Yeah, that's similar to what I don't I don't know if you've heard of, but Bill Maher here in the U.S. at one time said that not all Republicans are racists, but if you are a racist, chances are you're a Republican. Yeah. 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 But I mean, on the same hand, if you're if you're doing business outside of the country, uh, in other EU areas. Now you will be affected with your business trying to do business with other. Well, now you're a non-EU country trying to do business with EU countries. It's going to affect your business quite a bit now because you don't get to do the free trading across the borders or free movement. And yeah, I mean that that was the biggest thing for me. Just looking at it economically, is we've got a lot of big companies in this country that do a lot of trade with Europe. We've got Nissan, for example, is a popular one that's mentioned. They have a factory. They employ about six thousand people. They make a lot of cars, about half of those cars they sell in France. Well, if we leave the EU, if, if they ever sign these, uh, Article 50 document, which will officially make us leave. Yeah. Um, if they start shipping their cars over to France, at that point, there'll be tariffs, there'll be import taxes, there'll be things like that will suddenly get applied to them, which at that point, why would Nissan continue to have their factory here? Why, why would they not reduce it and maybe just make the cars that they want to sell in this country and then set up another factory in France and make the cars there? And avoid that tariff. Well, you know, it doesn't make sense. So potentially that's several thousand jobs. That's just one example. And this sounds quite a good one because that's something that the Leave campaign, um, they're actually getting sued at the moment by Nissan, uh, because they included their logo on some of their leaflets and claims that all of these companies have stated that they won't move any jobs. You know, that there'll be no job losses if we leave the EU, which is the complete opposite of what Nissan said. And also Nissan said, 
do not use our logo and they continue to print it in their leaflets. Oh, wow. So, yeah, here in the US, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, here in the US, we call them Nissan. I, when <laughs> Nissan. You, when Nissan. you're saying Nissan, I think I think there's a there's a cup of soup company that is like Nissan Nissan noodles. I don't know. And initially, when you said that, I thought, "What do you have a big soup company there? Oh. Is that where all <laughs> those come from?" And then I was like, "Oh, right, he's talking about cars. Never mind." <laughs> I, I, I watch enough Top Gear to get the. Different car name. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just use context clues. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, ha- I had to do that. It was just when it was first mentioned, I thought, yeah. I thought noodles, but was clearly wrong. Yeah. So that I've, I've had that uh, over there as well. I've had, um, you call it, is it Pugot? Is that what you call one of your car brands? Uh, Peugeot. Peugeot. Yeah. But that's yeah. actually, they, there's like almost none of those here. Uh, okay. Yeah. We would say Peugeot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've heard several different versions of that in uh, Chicago. Pugot was the, my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an American pronunciation. So we were talking a little bit before we, before we started recording about, uh, Cameron resigned. So there was the Brexit vote. People voted to actually leave, which is weird because I think it was even Farage, uh, conceded loss as part of the leave campaign before the final results came in, right? Yes, that was brilliant. There was, so I stayed up the night of the, the results were coming in and he was on TV before the polling stations had closed and was already conceding. He was saying, you know, we haven't done this, but we've, we've put up a good fight and, you know, doing this sort of gracious loser, but then ended up winning. Hmm. But it was quite fun because there was a, a Twitter thing started around him with suggest a job for Farage that started getting some traction. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people were suggesting, you know, litter picker and things like that. But, uh, <laughs> then, one of the first results to come back was Gibraltar, which most people didn't even realize got to vote on this, but as they are a territory, they did. And they came back with something like 96% remain. Oh, uh, which isn't surprising because obviously they're very close to Europe. But, um, yeah. So my suggestion for Farage was, um, tour guide on Gibraltar at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so he was conceding defeat, but then ended up actually winning. And apparently all of the people who, who, were part of the leave campaign, you know, everybody thought that they would step up as, as new leader for, for, for Britain after Cameron decided to step down. But Bojo and Farage have both said that they don't want the job, right? Well, I don't think Farage was even really a contender. There's no way he would have got it. It, it would have to, cause he's from a different party. The, the current government is a conservative government. It would have to be someone from that party. Uh, to, to fill Cameron's shoes. So the logical person that everyone thought was going to be Bojo. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a number of different theories about why he, um, didn't go for the job, as it were. The, the one that seemed to make sense to me at the time, because he'd actually written a letter before the result had come in, um, along with a load of other politicians suggesting that if the result did come in leave, that they didn't want David Cameron to step down. They still wanted him to remain as PM. So weird. Yeah, why would well, why would they want him to stay if if his leadership led to a vote to leave? Well, my take on it is that I don't think Bojo actually thought we were going to leave. I I don't think he actually wanted us to leave. I think he purely took um the head of that um it's not a party but the head of that side um just to make a, more of a name for himself and to you know get a bit of good press and to put up a good fight he could be the gracious loser afterwards and it would separate him from Cameron which is something that he's very keen to do um is to have a bit of distance politically between himself and Cameron so people don't uh, 
tar him with the same brush because Cameron is not particularly popular in many respects. Um, but then I think what Bojo was hoping was that if we did leave, Cameron would then either refuse to sign the Article 50 and then that mess would be avoided, or he would do it. And then after that, Bojo could then come in and pick up the pieces. He would be seen as, you know, it wouldn't be the mess that he created. It would still be Cameron's mess. But by resigning, what Cameron has done is force the next person who takes the job to then sign that. And, you know, there's already talk of us losing Scotland. There's, you know, potential huge job losses and all these sort of other things that are floating around. Um, Bojo would, you know, be held much more accountable if he's the man that actually has to, to trigger that. But he's kind of one of the guys that's more at fault for the leave campaign. So now I think he's hurting himself by not saying, Oh, I'll take over. So, you know, I was, I was a champion of leave. Now we left. Okay. I'll take over the reins. But now having him saying, No, no, I don't want this. Him stepping out kind of makes him look bad. Well, Cam- well, Cameron was kind of screwed either way, right? Because either. Either he doesn't have a vote and he has this hanging over his head for the whole time that he's leader and people complaining all the time. So he calls their bluff, decides, okay, let's vote on it and just get this off the table now. Never really expecting, I think, that the Leave campaign would win. But then you've got Boris Johnson acting as part of the Leave campaign, spouting all of these, you know, stretching the truth, telling falsehoods, saying that you're going to you know, you're going to save 350 million pounds per week that you could reinvest into the national health system. Um, you know, just basically leading the leave campaign thinking that, okay, if we don't actually leave, but we've held this vote, well, then I can point to all of these problems still and blame Cameron. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, Cameron was screwed either way, but then Boris Johnson, once the, once the leave finally came in, Boris Johnson didn't want to lead, doesn't want to lead that because if he steps in as leader now and your economy continues to tank, the pound continues to go down, then he's going to be tarred with that brush. Now Cameron is going to be leaving and he'll be tarred with that. I mean, he just, there's no way that Cameron could have won in this situation at all. Well, other than obviously the Remain side, I think if the Remain had won, um, and then the economy had picked up, he would have been able to, that, that's the only sort of scenario where he could have turned around it. But if, if it remained at one and things had pretty much continued as is, there's always going to be the argument, well, actually things could have been much better if we'd left. Right. So, yeah. But I mean, but it's it- interesting. I mean, if you go back and look at things that Bojo has posted in the past, Bojo was very against leaving Europe up until a few months ago. I think it was February. He was quoted as saying that if we were to leave, it would be a huge mess. And I think the exact words were, it would be too fiddly because we'd have to renegotiate all the trade deals and all the rest of it. Yeah. So, you know, he's either had a very big change of mind over the space of a few months, or he's doing this, he did it tactically, which is, I think, makes sense with what's happened subsequent to that. Hmm. Well, and none of this the other is- thing is... Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, the other reason that Bojo has stepped down was because he was expecting to be backed up by Gove. And instead, Gove is now making a run for the leadership himself. Hmm. I think if Gove had stuck behind Boris, he would have probably he might have stuck around it's it's difficult to know but the, i mean it's being described over here as incredibly shakespearean where you've got gover's kind of stabbed boris in the back at the last minute yeah yeah i i i find it really interesting that as an american during out, this election cycle i can look to any other country and say what a fucking mess <laughs> <laughs> but 
That's pretty amazing. Well, I've seen, um, there's a good billboard outside a pub that there's a picture of going around Twitter, which is, uh, the British and the English are having a competition to see who can fuck themselves up the most. But <laughs> keep in mind, the Americans have a Trump card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. I like the Trump card mm-hmm. idea. So, but even, even though the, the Leave campaign won out, this isn't going to take place immediately, right? They're, they're, I think I heard talk that it would be, Potentially a two to three year process. Oh, you heard talk, did you? Who <laughs> <laughs> go? I don't hear people talk about it. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. So basically, what the situation is, and this is at the moment, it was just an opinion gathering exercise. The public have voted; they fifty two to forty eight, which is you know obviously very narrow. Yeah. Have come back and mm-hmm. said they want to leave. We haven't actually left. We're still in until mm-hmm. somebody signs this Article fifty which isn't going to be Cameron. And Cameron said he's going to stick around until he initially, he was saying October, mm-hmm. um, whoever takes over, if they instantly signed it, which I do not think they will, I think there'll be a lot of debate and kind of trying to negotiate terms and things before it's signed, which a lot of the EU people are saying that they're not going to do that. You know, you have to sign it now. Um, but I think that's going to drag out. And then once they do sign it, um, then it's a two year process to, to remove us. Well, and so, so we'll still is- be a member for another two years and, Three months at least. So what is Article 50? Is that just the article that says we're leaving? Yeah, it's it's the process to leave. So basically you've got two years. I think you still continue to pay the you know the fees, so the 350 million a week figure, that's still going to be going out. I'm hoping we still get all the grants and things that we were getting back from the EU. Um, we'll still have the benefits of being in the EU from a trading perspective for that two years, but you've basically got two years to negotiate whatever trading deals you're going to have after that um and if you don't agree on anything we'll basically be treated the same as anywhere else in the world that's not in europe trading into the eu which mm-hmm. you know there's lots of tariffs and things like, you know we will be at a, a big disadvantage compared to where we were before and if our trump gets in he'll really try to screw you over <laughs> yeah, w- well along with us I true mean. true yeah i mean as if things couldn't get any worse on the sort of results day we had donald trump land in scotland oh yeah yeah which was a fucking joke well, it was, it, it did at least give us a laugh on, you know, a pretty dark day for most of us. Cause he turned up in Scotland and started tweeting all this craziness about the people have taken their country back and the yeah. place is going wild and all this. Scotland voted overwhelmingly to remain <laughs> so much so that they're now going to break away. So I think he just has no clue what's going on anywhere oh, no. he is. No. Well, also Scotland tried to get that golf course he built there, not built. <laughs> well, well really? the grand scheme. Yeah. There's a whole course, documentary but... on it. Mm. Scotland didn't want the golf course oh, no. to be there. No, because basically the documentary is how Trump basically forced his way in to get this golf course built. And he's like, the people that live are like, no, fuck you. We, this is our countryside. We want to keep it. But he's a tough guy and knows how to do the business. Yeah. So he'll fuck up their natural beauty <laughs> and make a golf course they cannot afford to go golfing at. <laughs> I saw that one Scott, uh, maybe they're famous. I don't know, but they, they had <laughs> tweeted back at Trump when he said that, um, Reminding him that Scotland voted largely to remain in the EU and then called him a Cheeto faced, ferret wearing hmm. shit gibbon. Oh. <laughs> shit gibbon, yeah. I saw that was, I mentioned that on our uh, show actually, that, yeah. that tweet, along with a bunch of others. The Scots are amazing at swearing. They're kind of the worst people that you want to annoy because you will just get destroyed. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I heard a lot of those on your show. I, I enjoyed them very much. <laughs> a lot of very creative swearing. Yeah, just the the imagery is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I like, Shall I try and find some? I can read them for you if you like. Yes, <laughs> sure. that would be awesome. 
Because I can't uh, do them. I can't do them with a cool accent. <laughs> I don't know about. I'm not sure how the Scottish people will feel about my Scottish accents. But, uh-huh. but uh, <laughs> I, I know we get a few hits in Scotland, not too many, so there won't be a whole lot of people to offend. Well, and I'm sure that he could pull off a Scottish accent better than probably better than me. Yeah, that's because we assume that England and Scotland are similar, or in, in those ways that but, William Wallace was correct. What in what? I don't know. When I think of Scotland, for some reason, I go to William oh, Wallace. There's, yeah, there's just that, been that one guy ever in Scotland. I, I go to Braveheart. <laughs> I've never been to Scotland. What? You've never been there? No, I've been to Ireland. Oh, I've never been to either one. You, it's usually but, a good rule of thumb to to refer to Mel Gibson for any of your historical needs. Yes, especially the Jewish ones. Right. <laughs> that was bad. That was horrible. I apologize. That was a bad joke. Hey, you know, you know... Irregular Dan has Jewish ancestry. I do. Okay. So he probably doesn't like him either. I don't think me and Mel would get on now if I'm not. He's he's, he's crazy. He's a little kooky. The only thing I got to do say about that Mel that I I think is good of him and that he's cool for is that he owns a ranch in Australia, apparently. And when other actors are having problems when they're going through a meltdown or something or they're just having problems with the press or like they just need a place to escape to, he will actually invite other celebrities to say, hey, I own this, you know, big 500-acre ranch. Nobody can get to you there. If you need a place to go cool down to get away from the press, you know, get out of the limelight, you're free to come to my ranch and just hang out and have nothing bother you. Yeah, come hang out with the low-key, level-headed Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, no. <it's laughs> in, like- in isolation. Well, it's not hanging out with Mel Gibson. It's just like, here's a place. If you want to go there, you're free to go stay. Like, you're free to go stay there. No one can get to you. The press can't get to you. Like, this place is pretty pretty hidden in Australia. Yeah. You'll be left alone. Yeah, those celebrities have it real rough, man. That's that's a good service he's providing. Well, I think it is because most celebrities, when, like, leaving their home, they'll, like, if shit's going on, you're going to walk out of your house and have a bunch of people with fucking cameras and press there to fucking shove cameras in your face. That's why when a celebrity goes ape shit every once in a while and, like, breaks a camera or throws someone's phone to the ground, I'm like, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm like, the, the, that much level of stress being put on you and people are constantly following you all day, every day and getting but in so your when, face. But so when that happens to celebrities, do you think they were just completely naive about – what it would ever mean to be a celebrity. Like, right. this isn't something no. that was forced on them, right? No, I mean, I think they, 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 they actively sought this out to yeah, be a Yeah, they sought celebrity. that out. But I think that the, with, with the social media getting a lot bigger and the Twitter and everything else, the amount of people who will hang around some celebrity's house just to get some dirt mm. has grown exponentially over the past few years. And so has the income. Yeah. So 10 million, yeah. 10 million per movie is the compensation for living that kind of life. I oh, mean, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, they uh, you want to have a private life too, and it's almost impossible to keep your have a have a life where you can get out. And I mean, that's why yeah, uh, Garner was having the big campaign because she was having issues with people following her to school to try to get photos of her children and and trying to get into her kids' schools and film her kids and stuff. She's like, my kids aren't celebrities. Mm-hmm. Stay the fuck away from them. Hmm. Give them yeah. privacy. I mean, yeah. when you got that shit going on, that's pretty fucking horrible. These people don't have any respect for another human being when they're trying to take their kid to school or... Yeah, I'm not saying that, like, the things that TMZ and other yeah, shitty paparazzi. shitty groups are like that do is acceptable, but, I mean, these, these people had to have known there was going to be some of this headed oh, yeah. their way. Yeah. I mean, I would expect, if I'm a celebrity, I would expect, okay, I'm going out to dinner tonight, I expect maybe there'll be some paparazzi when I'm going out to dinner, you know, I've got this thing going on, I expect people to be there maybe taking photographs, but... 
when I'm in my backyard trying to mow my lawn and someone's trying to jump over a fence to fucking photograph me, I was like, that's kind of a little absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Why would well, that's you what I, I took from the. Uh, I got to go to the the Bond premiere in London, uh, wow. the with the Spectre. That's bad. I was on the red carpet from that, and we we did that in one of our episodes. And I, I mentioned to Spike, I would never want to be a celebrity because it wasn't a happy thing. You were walking up the the red carpet, and people were leaning over the barriers, and they weren't nicely asking for it, or you know, even screaming in an excited tone. It was desperation to yeah. to call these celebrities over to get a, a signature or a picture, or whatever. It, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Mm. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I've got these uh, tweets if you're or a few of them anyway. Uh, if, if you wanted my Scottish, lay them on us. The best Scottish okay. accent in the world coming right now. <laughs> oh yeah, no pressure. Uh, so I think uh, Dan already read this one, but I'll, I'll do it in the accent. Scotland voted to stay and plan on a second referendum. You tiny-fingered, Cheeto-faced, ferret-wearing shit gibbon. <laughs> uh, and then we have Scotland voted to stay. You witless fucking cock splat. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Cock splat, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, and then my favourite one, I'm not sure why they used one of these words, but they've gone with uh, Scotland voted remain, you incompressible jizz trumpet. <laughs> jizz trumpet. Oh, man. I Almost. like that one very much. Yeah, you sound like a regular Ewan McGregor. <laughs> well, that could be a future career for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't look like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got lots more coming up on on the show. You want to? Can you stick around with us? Sure. Yeah, if you want to have me. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a Matt rant. We've got a one year anniversary of same sex marriage in the U.S. The U.S.'s first transgender candidate for yeah. and it's local United States Senate. Yeah, and that's from somebody here yeah. local in Utah. We'll take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! Welcome back. We have quite a few bits of, of local news of note here. We mentioned before the break that uh, Misty Snow, well, I didn't give a name. I just said that there was yeah. a trans candidate who won the primary race here in Utah for a U.S. Senate seat on the Democratic side. Well, the reason why we talk about this local news is because it also made national news. Yeah. Yes, because Misty Catherine Snow is the first trans candidate uh, to ever win a primary nomination and go on to the main election. Yeah. So she'll be running against U.S. Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Who's a fucking asshole. Yeah. He's a giant steaming pile of poo. (laughs) You need to visit Scotland for a while. (laughs) That was way too unoriginal. Yeah. So if people don't know, realize how big of a pile of shit Mike Lee is, he was one of the big guys that voted not- He's like five, six. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big pile. But he's one of the big guys that voted not to help out Detroit with their water issue. He was one of the big proponents of that. Yeah. Flint. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he politicized that and didn't want to send aid because it was tied into some other thing he wanted done. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a he's a walking piece of human garbage. Um but the Misty Case No thing is really really cool. Uh I happened to have voted for her. She's only 30 years old and she works at a grocery store. Yeah. She's a very unassuming candidate and I think it's awesome the amount of coverage she was able to get and the amount of ground she's been able to cover so far with not having a huge financial political backing behind her. It's interesting the polarization in politics in the U.S. right now. I mean, you've got such a backward, racist, homophobic, idiot, Neanderthal like Trump winning a nominee and then also a trans woman in a very conservative religious state winning a nomination. That's pretty. It's pretty weird that both of those happen at nearly the same time. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool that she won the nomination and will be heading on to the main election. Uh, of course, being that we're in Utah, which is a deeply, deeply, deeply red conservative state, mm, I don't yeah. think she'll win against Mike Lee. No. But I love the idea that it's even a possibility. I, I think they said the last time a Democrat won the seat was in like the 1970s. It was, it was 1970. Yeah, it's been was, more was than it? 40 years, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A very long time. Um, the other bit of news that we have that's, that's kind of tied to that is that also in local Utah politics, a jackass was running for school board here and came in dead last due in large part to his anti-trans stance and views. Um, David Charette was running for the Utah State Board of Education in the 8th district and pulled in just 13% of the vote in a four-way race. Coming in dead last and deservedly so because he's he's a giant steaming pile of poo. (laughs) So this is big stuff going on in the U.S. lately. He's a shit gibbon. With we got a candidate that's actually (laughs) a jizz trumpet, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that has a chance. And we've been having all the the bathroom issues and all kind of stuff. What do you see over in Britain with this? I mean, is this even an issue in Britain right now? Is this something that comes up at all, really? I don't know why Ryan had to throw in that he's having bathroom issues. but Well, I don't have bathroom issues, but oh. the issues <laughs> of not allowing transgender people to use the bathroom that they uh, associate with. I ate a bunch with. of cherries yesterday. I didn't have any bathroom issues at all. Well, that's, I always that's, have bathroom issues then. That's because you're regular Dan. <laughs> cherries make me very irregular. I'm going to be eating the shitload of cherries tomorrow. Mm. Anyway, I don't think I don't think is what was your question the the oh, trans it, it, issue in come Britain? Up in, in yeah, Britain if all? it's come up in Britain at all, or kind of what your um, viewpoint is. I'm not really aware of anything here. We see a lot of your news, so yeah, when there's yeah when there's really bad things going, it does make the news over here, but obviously not front page. But we we do follow it and Twitter and things like that, obviously. And it, if you're following a lot of Americans as I do, then you you kind of see these things. So, mm. uh, but yeah, it is getting a lot of attention, but. We'll have you just looking at you and thinking, why are you so, yeah. why do you care? <laughs> is it that much of a problem? What's the problem? I think no. was, you know, I mean, is it more, are you guys more progressive over there with it? Or are, or are there active people out there saying, well, we need to block transgender people from using bathrooms and all the bullshit that's going on here? Or is that even, or do people even care about that over there? Um, I don't think people care. Yeah. I, I, which is the not, way it should be. Not like what I'm seeing over there. Yeah, I don't think it's really... I mean, it's such a non-problem. Even over there, from my my understanding... It is, is a non-problem, been... but just politicians make it a problem. Well, the Bible makes it yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll happily return North Carolina to you guys. And Texas. <laughs> well, I might need somewhere to move to, so... 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not really sure you'd want to go there if you got it back. They <laughs> no. kind of they kind of fucked the place up. Yeah. Mm. It's like coming home from vacation with a really messy roommate. I'm not sure you should be offering to give away bits of your country the day before Independence Day. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> you mean Naughty Colony Day. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that how, you, how, you, how you phrased it when we were chatting online? Yeah, that was just my thing. I, was, I, was, uh, <laughs> I no. thought that was really funny. I had to tell these guys before we started the show. No, I, in okay. fact, I'd like to add to Independence Day by making North, North Carolina independent as well. There we go. Or as I like to call the day, National Blow Your Hand Off Day. Yeah, that's probably what it ends up being. Yeah, wait. Oh, is that with the fireworks? Days. You guys don't have good fireworks though, compared to over here. That's yeah. that's one of the biggest inconsistencies I see in America. Is you've got, you can buy guns and Uzis and things like that, mm-hmm. but you can't buy decent fireworks. In yeah. the, we've got we've got brilliant fireworks over here. We'll probably blow you to pieces oh. with our fireworks. <laughs> do you uh do you follow Colin Furs on YouTube over there at all? Uh, no. He, he builds the all these crazy familiar. contraptions, but he also plays with fireworks a lot. And when I see this guy over there, and he's driving home with a truckload of giant, like, five-foot-long bottle rockets, and I'm like, how the fuck does this guy just go in there and buy a semi-full of this shit? And here in the U.S., you'd be arrested. Yeah, well, that's, that's what's... Because I um, mentioned before, my wife's from Chicago, so we're normally there, but we've had to drive across state to buy fireworks. Um... And then we spent, and they were quite expensive compared to what we pay for them in London. Hmm. And we bought these huge tubes and then lit them, and there was tiny little poof, poof yep. coming out. Compared to what London ones will probably shatter your windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I don't know. I guess because it wasn't written into the Constitution. Yeah, there's no Second Amendment yeah. for fireworks. Yeah, no. I didn't even buy any fireworks this year, but almost blew myself up yesterday. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Had had the kids over here and uh, was doing some grilled lemon chicken and had gone out earlier, turned all the knobs on the grill on, hit the little clicky button to spark it and Ooh, start the flame up. And I I could swear that I heard a little whoosh, right? Like it. I always put my hand over. It lit the grill. And so I walked away, went in the house, started preparing the sauce for the chicken, got the sauce done, Was came back out of the house was walking over to where the grill is with my daughter who was helping me carry some stuff out to the grill. And as I'm walking out to the grill, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, it smells like gas out here. (laughs) One of my idiot neighbors must have left their barbecue on. (laughs) And then as I get closer and closer to the grill, I notice that none of the temperature gauges have moved at all. And I thought, well, that's weird. It must not have lit. And before I even, you know, you push the button, put any thought into it at all. You, I hit the ignition button. button. And it went click and then just boom and blew up the top of the, the grill, like the lid lifted mm-hmm. up and the doors underneath where the tank goes blew wide open and a little fireball scared the hell out of me. My daughter screamed and yeah. I had a guy I worked with that had second degree burns all over his face from just doing that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a fireman. Yeah. There. So <laughs> was he fired? Well, he was actually in a fire <laughs> inspector, so he was no longer allowed to inspect grills. Oh man. So that's that's not the only grill related like issue I've had in the past. Uh used to have a neighbor who we'd you know, we'd trade off every other night, like grilling in his driveway or my driveway, drinking beers, whatever. And he was infamous for never cleaning his grill at all. And it was in the middle of summer 
and I had a tank top on, and because it was the middle of summer, there were also a lot of mosquitoes out Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood where we were living. So I ran home, sprayed on a bunch of mosquito spray, and for those of you who have never met me or who may have and just didn't notice, I'm a very hairy guy. Yeah. It's very light-colored hair, so it doesn't stand out a whole lot, but I'm super hairy, and I just sprayed on all of this mosquito repellent, walked over to the neighbor's house, (laughs) and because he never cleaned his grill, there's like... Flames coming out of the air, yeah. The the in air your, ports it, on the side of his grill. And you're covered in a flammable liquid. And I thought, well, that's odd. I should investigate that. So I lifted <laughs> up the the grill lid, and out shot this fireball toward me and set my arm on fire because it had just <laughs> been doused in mosquito repellent. So I lift up the lid. This fireball comes out, sets my arm on fire. I drop the lid and just in trying to move away from the grill, waved my arm over the top of my head, <laughs> burned my eyebrows off, and singed all the hair on the top of my head. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. My my entire arm smelled like burned hair for like three days. It wouldn't it wouldn't that's, go away. It's not good. It's amazing. There's almost 400 million of us. And, my <laughs> <laughs> and you're one of the smart ones. I'm just really surprised <laughs> I have like all of my fingers and toes and all of my limbs and everything. I haven't lost an eye. I'm I'm. You know, I'm intact. Yeah. Huh. I should have my, my had something lost was a always, long time ago. Oh, I my father-in-law's always telling me at Thanksgiving that there's always fatalities where people drop frozen turkeys into deep fat fryers or something like that. Yeah. And yes. Just yep. Instantly detonate. Yeah. I've, I've been on a house fire with that before. Wow. So that's a, that is a real thing. Yeah, because oh, yeah. the the oil once mm. it hits the flame. Well, actually, no, I can, no, no, I can imagine what happens. I'm just that people would be stupid enough to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's oh, all. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Not not right. They're they're what we call um true red blooded Americans. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you've seen who's leading the right leaning Republican Party here in the US, so he's all for free frozen turkeys and, and deep fryers. All, and every single one of them that was competing with him. Doesn't even doesn't even have to be the nominee. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. Well and he didn't he didn't get voted in by a lot of really intelligent people. So No. That's why there's a new Jim Jeffries comedy out there and he's talking about Down syndrome. He's like king of the fucktards is what Donald Trump is. Yeah. yeah. But according to Jim Jeffries, the autism spectrum goes from zero to uh, Ben Carson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. So we're recording a little bit early this week because tomorrow is Independence Day. Yes. And we're, so we're recording. We have been recording on Mondays. We're, we're recording on Sunday today. Uh and and we're lucky enough to have Dan from Two Skeptical Chaps here with us and Doctor uh, Doctor Dan. Doctor Dan? Doctor Irregular Dan. Are you a doctor? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a PhD, but I'd be no use if you have a heart attack or anything. Well, if you lived here in the US, you would have that degree and a plus a hundred thousand dollar high interest loan to pay off. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, that's another well, although we're we're heading in that direction, unfortunately. They are, oh, ch- are charging more and more for students now, which is something I'm very upset about. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing here in the U.S. I wish we would take a key from is invest more in higher education and not have to have as many for-profit schools with high interest, you know, loans for students. We should we should invest in education. Yeah. Maybe we could also invest slightly less in fucking wars. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the time. All the time. Agreed. Even though that pays my bills. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, I watched I watched an episode of Ice News last night, and it talked about uh, the increasing costs of tuition and the the amount of debt 
that people who are going to university are now incurring just through student oh, yeah. loans because tuition has gone up so much that it's just nobody can get ahead anymore. They pay, they, they spoke with, they spoke to one lady who had between her and her husband almost $300,000 mm-hmm. in fucking ridiculous. debt from university. Yeah. We'll probably put a 12% interest rate on it. Um, yeah, I mean, as doesn't seem too bad if you uh, have those sorts of numbers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think with student loans, the the rates on it generally aren't very high, but it's still how do you how do you dig yourself out of a hole of three hundred thousand dollars in debt before you even start your career? Yeah, before you even start your career, yeah. they they were paying more just in paying back their student loans than they. Than they were paying for anything else. They couldn't afford a home because of it. They, right. you know, they were living with parents. And- yeah, whatever, whatever extra salary the degree gets you is is negated by the debt you have to pay back. Yeah, so it's yeah. not even worth it. Yeah, it's immediately wiped out. And they talked about the skyrocketing the skyrocketing costs of tuition are due largely in part because uh, states are no longer funding uh, their public education institutions as as they used to you know mm-hmm. they yeah. states come in cut taxes and because they cut taxes they then cut funding for uh the public public Once, institutions yeah. for for public universities and then because the the state isn't funding them anymore tuition has to go up mm-hmm. so the students pay more of the cost of going to university. Wisconsin yeah. was a good example because they just last year cut $300 million from state funding for colleges and gave $500 million to build a new Milwaukee Bucks uh, basketball stadium. Yeah. That's Republican leadership. That's what, that's, that's what that gets you. And yeah. their, and their attitude will be, well, that's what everyone does. So just man up. But it's like, yeah, it's easy to say that when you're the one that approves your own raises. Yeah. What, you know. Yeah, it's it's really easy for them to sit there and and say that everybody else just needs to man up and and do what they can to to help improve their lives, but they're not facing the same struggles that no. you faced. You you know these these people that are making these laws and and saying this kind of bullshit aren't facing the same problems, and they're not facing yeah. the same problems because they're the ones that are creating the problem. Right. They're, they're telling them to build a house with no tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I mean, they yeah they're they're. Like here, we give you the education. We're giving you this, people's but, ability to yeah. do the things that they say they ought to do. Build a jizz trumpet with a shit gibbon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Earlier, earlier, you guys were talking about Texas, and so at work we had. Uh, typically, I'm only in the office one day a week. The rest of the time, I'm working from home. And over last Lucky. week, I had some colleagues from Dallas come into the office. So I had to be in the office every day during the week. And while they were here, they were kind of going out and looking at local sites, right? I think the first night they were here, they went out golfing at Mount Ogden. Uh, the second night they went out to Antelope Island and saw some bison and walked around there. And then on the, on the third night, most of the, most of the guys from Dallas went home, leaving behind just one, one coworker who, I'm working with because we're taking over the project that he's been working on. And he was telling us that he had gone on a hike the night before and decided to do the Bonneville shoreline trail. The whole thing. So it's like 80 miles. So he, he starts hiking and he's hiking and hiking and hiking. 
And he said, I'm out there and it's starting to get a little bit dark. And I'm thinking, well, surely I'm going to find this shore. I'm going to oh. hit some water sometime soon. <laughs> oh, man. Not realizing that the Bonneville shoreline is an ancient shoreline. Yeah. Ancient shoreline for this lake that covered what is like two thirds of the state of oh, Utah. Yeah. Oh, and parts of Nevada and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. It was this giant lake. And so the shoreline trail <laughs> is just where this old shoreline was previously. Yeah. Previously, and- like. A hundred thousand years ago, yeah, or <laughs> Cretaceous or something. Was it a hundred thousand? Was that it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just taking a random stab right there, but maybe more maybe. than more than a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, pre-Pleistocene yeah. in any case. Yeah, but it was just funny. Then so then he ended up, you know, hiking back down in the dark and <laughs> being really sore and tired at work That's the next day. Kind of funny. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else has happened in the last week. We had the one year anniversary of. Same-sex marriage yes. being legalized here in the United States. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Uh, we've had some key players in that on the show before. Mm-hmm. Mark Lawrence. Well, I think is a, was a giant key player. Yeah, absolutely. Even though he doesn't like to say it. One of my personal heroes. Uh, I've, got, I've got an article here that talks about the five different things that uh, have all been predicted about, Ameri- about marriage equality that oh, still yay. haven't come true. These are all five... Oh right wing predictions uh the first being was the, this was this part of the if this then that kind of campaign that the the republicans had about like well if gay marriage is legal what's next animals or whatever all that kind of bullshit uh that that's that's a little bit of it mainly it's just well if you allow gay marriage to happen then these are going to be the consequences oh okay these are the things that are going to come as a direct consequence of same sex marriage being legalized in the united states all right and of course the first was war Oh, fucking mm. war. That the U.S. would go to war because all hell was Civil going to break war. loose, well, according to Tom DeLay. That's not a very bold prediction. Well, go, go they, to war with who? Go to, it would like a civil war. Oh, a that, civil, oh, civil war. war. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be a civil war of the right-wing bigots fighting everybody who was standing for civil rights and equality. And they do have all the guns, so. The, the vast majority, anyway. I've got a few. I can give you a couple. <laughs> okay. I'd be better off, th- like I say, with a slingshot, throwing it at them than <laughs> trying to shoot the damn thing. Yeah. They, they figured that it was going to ruin the country and so they would have to fight to the death to save it. To the What's death. What does it say? It says, uh, there would be an anti gay revolution that would just break this nation apart. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, here's a way to solve that. Don't start that revolution, guys. <laughs> you know, it's in your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one year later, no anti-gay revolution. No. And Rick Scarborough has not set himself on fire. Yeah, that bastard. We're still waiting for that. I forgot about that fucker. <laughs> uh, number two would be secession. That different uh, parts of the United States would just choose to break away from themselves, so, break away from the main body of the U.S. And we can't include huh. Texas because they threaten that every year, every month. <laughs> what would that call? Would that be called a Texit? Gakesit or Texit? Yeah, Texit probably. Yeah, and that's of, not what you do to your girlfriend. Instead of Brexit, it would be Texas. All of the all of the Texit. bigots would move to Texas and leave the U.S. Yeah, and, yeah, secede from from the Union. Our and science then, would and, definitely advance and, pretty quick, and then be promptly invaded by the Uni- United States because <laughs> 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 they have oil. Uh, number three would be God's punishment. God's wrath would be raining down on the United States for allowing this to happen. How did I know that would be in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Well, you know, Pat Robertson said that it's just a question of how soon the wrath of God is going to come on oh. this land. 
Now, if God waits a thousand years, is it still relevant? Well, we're still yeah. waiting. I mean, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says yes, and sometimes it's not right now. It's, it's all on God's time. God is all about hurry up and wait. <laughs> Mostly wait. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fourth one is pedophilia. Yeah, of course. That the same-sex marriage would lead to widespread and rampant pedophilia, which never made any sense to me since the two aren't tied together at all. Yeah, and when did we start calling the Catholic Church same-sex marriage? I know. That's <laughs> kind of what I was wondering. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah, Tom DeLay warned that the that the ruling, the Obergefell versus Hodges ruling, which led to same-sex marriage being legal here. Tom DeLay warned that the ruling would pave the way for a secret government plan to legalize, mm. quote, 12 new perversions, things like bestiality, polygamy, and having sex with little boys. <laughs> uh, okay. Ben Carson also suggested that the ruling would benefit members of NAMBLA, which is the North what? American Man-Boy Love Association. How would it benefit uh, them? Because now they can marry those little boys. Yeah. Wait. Wait, that's an actual thing? Yeah, oh, it is, yeah. What? It's not just on... <laughs> did you see the uh, South Park episode on it? What? Uh, the South Park one with Chef, where he joins the Adventure Club. Is that the one you're talking about? No, or is that no. something different? It's something different where there was... Nambla is real, uh, and if I know correctly, they usually go to on sex vacations to countries like Thailand where there's not as much... Uh, oh, God. Well, there's a larger fine. sex industry where people prostitute out younger children, and oh. it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. NAMBLA is the North American Man Boy Love Association, and they're an actual group who advocate for allowing older men to have sex with young boys. Michael Jackson was one of their forefathers. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a lie. And and but surely if you become a member of that you're going to be instantly on a watch list or something. What you that would think makes so? Makes no but, sense to me. Uh, yeah, me neither. The way I think they're portrayed, and I think it, the portrayal is probably true, is Nambla is typically wealthy white rich men. Wealthy and rich? Wow. Yeah. Well, there's there's wealthy <laughs> and there's rich. Okay. You can be wealthy and have some nice cars, but then you got to be fucking rich to be able to afford to have your own boat to, and plane to fly over, boat over to the fucking Philippines to fuck boys. Start your own church. Yeah. Based on science -y stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Weird. Uh, last up on the list, number five would be outlawing religious belief. Of course, many yeah. on the right still think that this is a problem anyway. It's just, if it's not gay marriage, it's, it's allowing other faiths to perform invocations during government operations. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, having store clerks say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. There's, there's always going to be mm -hmm. just on the horizon, this complete outlying of religious yeah. belief here right. in the United States because Christians are so persecuted, which is, which is, so, it's so weird that they take that angle because most of these are diehard second amenders amendment people too. And so, you know, they're like, Whenever anyone says anything about maybe making a change to the current gun laws, they're like, that'll never happen. Second Amendment. Fuck you. We got to go. All, they just go right into defensive mode, which is fine, I guess. It's annoying, but it's fine. But when it comes to religion, which is the First Amendment, they don't do that. They're just like, you know, anything even close to talking about religion, they're like, they're trying to take it away. They're well, they do do that with guns. They do that yeah. with guns. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. 
Yeah, well, and and so many Christians here in the U.S. don't believe that the the right to free speech and free religion and, and free association doesn't mean that you have a right to any religion you want. It's that you have a right to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah you have the right to you, their religion. You have the right and freedom to be a Christian if you want yeah. to. Yep, the right to precisely one religion. Yeah, and of course, Mike Huckabee infamously said that, quote, if the courts rule that people have a civil right not only to be a homosexual, but a civil right to have a homosexual marriage, then a homosexual couple be coming to a pastor who believes in biblical marriage, who says, I can't perform that wedding, will now be breaking the law. It's not just saying, I'm sorry you have a preference. No, you'll be breaking the law subject to civil for sure and possible criminal penalties for, for violating the law. If you do practice biblical convictions and you carry them out and you do what you've been led by the Spirit of God to do, your behavior will be criminal. No. Which, of course, is absolutely false. That's not true at all. But these were just some of the predictions that we are still waiting to have happen after more than a year of same-sex marriage being legal in the United States. So, suck it, Huckabee. Yeah, suck it hard. (laughs) (laughs) What is... uh, is is there same sex marriage in Britain? Is that legal or Yeah, yeah, it's fine now. Yeah. We've got it over here. How long has it been legal there, do you know? Um longer than here. I I'd, I'd have to google it actually. Um I know Ireland was a recent change because that 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 was quite interesting because a lot of people were flying back in order to vote for it, which I thought was quite admirable. Um so they have it there. Uh, uh, let, me, let me have a look. This is what we do on my show is I don't actually know anything. I'm just googling and pausing. <laughs> Uh, we do the same thing over here. I just mute my microphone while I'm typing away, and these guys cover the time uh, okay. for me. We just we just say. I mean, that's why I say so much crazy shit sometimes because we're googling. Cause, yeah, Ryan's just filling dead air with cockshittery and and, and bull nuts. Things things are fucky. Cock splattery. Oh, cock splattery. I'm gonna use that one. Mm-hmm. Like whenever <laughs> I see someone with a weird white stain on the front of their pants, I'm like ah, cock splattery. Hmm. Hmm. It makes sense. Uh, see, I'm, I'm going with shit gibbon. That's the one I'm keeping. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, uh, that'll be a good one for Walmart. Oh, uh, March 2014, it's saying here was, uh, for same sex marriage. That we had civil partnerships before that. Okay. Which mm. that went back quite a way. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I didn't realize it was only that recent, actually. Hmm. Well, it's but still it's, a year before us here. Yeah. And the Aussies are still working on it. Huh. I thought the Aussies had a fairly progressive, uh, are they in, prime minister in, in Australia? In, s- in some ways they do, but they got plenty of bogans. Uh, I keep that stuff working backwards. What is a bogan? In Australia? I was about to ask that. Nobody knows a bogan? No. I thought we were talking about the, uh, uh, the one where the guy, like, goes and travels in space. Uh, oh, not, Hitchhiker's Guide no, to the Galaxy. Not Vogons. Vog- yeah, that's what it was. No. <laughs> No, bogans can write poetry sometimes, but sometimes cowboy poetry. Yeah, cowboy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Australia's rednecks. Okay, I think I might have heard that, but yeah, the bogans. I don't hear it very often, so it's not one of those things oh. I think about a lot. Uh, I think you said you had a Matt rant, right? Yes, I do. Yes, you want to do that now? Mm, sure. Okay. Of we haven't had a Matt doesn't. rant for a, for a few weeks because you were gone. Yeah, I'll try then, to get through this quickly. Then we had a great guest last week. Right. I enjoyed the Matt rants, but I, I disagreed passionately about the superheroes one, the Marvel thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got a lot of I got a lot of disagreements uh, about that one. That that one actually has a little bit of history to it, and it was a lot of it was sort of a scathing re- reply to a different podcast that I guested on that that week, and 
So without the background, it makes a little bit less sense, although it is still how I feel about it. <laughs> Matt just doesn't like... I just don't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. So this one I think most people probably agree with. Hopefully. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Um, religion gives us morals and makes us better people. Istanbul, Turkey. 44 people dead and 240 plus injured in a suicide gun and bomb attack perpetrated by men from the former Soviet Union countries of Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and the Caucasus region with links to ISIS. ISIS operatives have also claimed responsibility for other bombings in the city earlier this year, claiming another 134 lives. Facebook debates were raging in the wake of the tragedy, and as is usually the case, religious people were quick to the defense of theism, even in cases involving conflicting groups. Normally I don't bring this kind of thing to the show, but there was a particular argument which involved my sister and had a topic that I think should be addressed head-on. The original post was an indictment of religion for its involvement. The response was an astonishing, religion isn't to blame. Then the question was posed, how many people have been killed because of atheism? Here's where we get to the area I want to discuss. The answer? Quote, since communism is atheist by its very nature, approximately 94 million. Oh, fuck that. Close quote. That's bullshit. Let's set set aside the fact that the responsible group is called the Islamic State and deal with the problematic statement as it was provided. How many people have killed because they're atheists? None. Never will. Not because I'm part of the club, and so I refuse to admit any fault, but because of the way the question is formed. Atheism is lack. In order to inform murder, you first have to add something. A communist dictator who also happens to be atheist may commit genocide, but the genocide is driven by another idea, and you will have noticed that communism and dictator have already been added, along with everything that goes with them. But atheism can inform murder because it lacks morality, and without the idea of an absolute authority, then murder is no worse than running a red light. It is true that atheism lacks morality, but not quite in the same way as the previous statement implies. It's amoral, just like theism. They deal only with the question of belief in God or gods. Again, what's been added to atheism here is the false idea that atheists have no morality and the equivocation of all crimes. But even granting this absurd premise, you'd still likely have to add something because an amoral person who views all crimes as equal in severity still doesn't necessarily lead to murder. So even conceding everything, the argument fails. Not to mention that the supposed morality of religion, not theism, does nothing at all to inspire theists to behave more morally than atheists. Imagine how ridiculous it would sound to, to say so-and-so killed a person because he doesn't believe in a morality-granting fairies. Dogma, ideology, politics, personal gain, and revenge are common motives for murder in humans, whether atheist or theist, and religion can qualify for every one of those categories and more. What if the religion made exclamations about murder, martyrdom, jihad, What if these ideas were elevated to the most noble of actions? What if this source was unalterable, unquestionable, eternal, and binding? What if the idea behind it was our level of comfort for eternity, which depends upon how we we respond to these calls to arms? And what if the greatest of all beings in the universe desires this of you? Just take a moment to recognize the mountain of motivation inherent in religion here. We've added an Everest to theism in one short paragraph. So can we blame violence on atheism? No. Can we blame theism? No. Can we blame religions that preach violence? Absolutely. Denying religion's role is wholly irrational. 
I think it's a fair criticism of the left that they don't use the word Islam enough when discussing these events. In the same way, the right is at fault for not accepting Christianity's role in our domestic terror attacks. Would anyone deny that explosives were involved in the bombings? Of course not. But again, religion is held far above any critical discussion. So what are we to do with the bold statements from the bombers themselves about religion inspiring their attacks? What do we do with the Holy Book's pronouncements for violence? What do we do with the groups taking responsibility for the terrorism, calling themselves the name of their religion? It's at best dishonest to ignore this evidence and whitewash the situation for the sake of keeping the needle away from your bubble. Fortunately for us, most people don't take those violent parts of their books seriously. In fact, ignoring them, as atheists do, has proved morally beneficial, not just for individuals to avoid killing and being killed. It's been the real savior of humanity. Nice. That was very well done. It reminded me of, uh, I was listening to a recent episode of The Scathing Atheist, and Noah was talking about, you know, you can choose to not blame religion, not blame religious ideology, any any religious text, all you want, mm-hmm. and to say that Christianity has some really terrible things in the Bible as well. You know, sure, the Quran has, has some violent things in it, but so does the Bible, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can equate the two, but he said, you know, you can you can flip open to any page in the Quran, flip it open to any any section you want, read any page you want, and the majority of the time there will be an explicit call to murder someone in someone in there. Right? Hmm. You can also do this with the Bible, and you you will run into those passages. But when you compare the two, the Quran has a lot more violence and explicit calls to harm other people within its text. I do have a Quran, so we can actually play this game next week. And it seems, hmm. yeah, we could. Yeah, I would too. Well, and it seems it seems not just dishonest, but somewhat bigoted to me when you hear calls from people on both both the right and the left that you can't blame religion, you can't you can't say that this was Islamist ideology when the people committing the crimes are yeah. saying this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 telling those people that, no, you're just stupid. You don't know why you're doing it. Let me tell you why you're doing it. Right. But then those are the same people that will call you a bigot if you do bring in Islam. Right. Or if you bring in the religion. Oh, yeah. you're just a bigot. But yeah. if it's a Christian guy that said he did it because of, you know, he wanted to save all the innocent babies and because, you know, God. Oh, yeah. Then watch. He's just crazy. Watch the no true shit given come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's just crazy. Yes. Yeah, that bothers me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the Twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. Uh, one of our favorites, Gordon Klingenschmidt, recently uh, lost... Uh, I hate this guy. So I'm just. Much. I, I see his face out there. I'm like, fuck <laughs> this guy. I know. Fuck him. He he recently lost his bid for higher office. Um, nice. And he set himself up so perfectly for this that yeah. if he won, it was going to be God's design. Yeah. If he lost, it's because there were evil people in the world. Yeah. So yeah. either way, you know, whatever happened would would be according to his prophecy. So back in 2014, religious right activist Gordon Klingenschmidt won a seat in the Colorado House of Representatives despite this long history of saying truly outrageous things. Unsurprisingly, Klingenschmidt's brief term in office was repeatedly marked by controversy. At one point, he was even stripped of a committee assignment after saying that a brutal attack on a pregnant woman in Colorado was the result of, quote, the curse of God upon America. 
for allowing legal abortion. Yeah, fuck him. Klingenschmidt, though, never quite seemed to learn his lesson and, uh, and announced last year that he would be running for a seat in the state senate in 2016 while continuing to voice his radical views on his daily Pray in Jesus Name program. Last night, voters went to the polls in the state's primary and Klingenschmidt lost badly to his Republican rival by a margin of 62 to 38 percent. Yeah. Klingenschmidt, who believes the most godly candidate will always win, quote, unless the people are evil, <laughs> predictably blamed the voters for thwarting the will of God that he be elected because God apparently is that weak and Yeah, why would yeah. you worship such a loser God? Us mortal people on this <laughs> earth can swart God's plan just that easily, I guess. We're well, so much more powerful. Yeah. Instead of saying that the election results reflected the will of God, as religious candidates often do when they lose, Klingenschmidt said that his loss just shows that, quote, God's will is not always done in this world. East of downtown at the airplane restaurant, Klingenschmidt's speech took on a religious tone, quote, Imagine that. I work hard to establish God's kingdom, <laughs> not my own, and as you know, God's will is not always done in this world. Greta Blodgett, who volunteered for Klingenschmidt's campaign, was disheartened by the results, quote, I'm disappointed because the kind of competition <laughs> his opponent ran was a dirty campaign, she mm. said. What? The fact that he, Klingenschmidt, could go into the government and take a stance and not worry about what people thought that's what conservatives need now to get our country back. Yeah, well, as as a person who's elected by the people to represent the people, you if your attitude is not like. to worry about their stance, <laughs> you're going to get your ass handed to you like you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Klingenschmidt fielded handshakes and pats on the back from throngs of supporters encouraging him, encouraging him to keep faith. Uh-huh. I thank God for the opportunity to run a clean race on my side, even if that was not reciprocated, he said <laughs> in an oh, interview. Geez. I'm disappointed that people can lie, steal, and cheat and violate their cadet honor oath and still win elections. I keep my cadet honor oath, and I ran with integrity, and I hold my head high. What the fuck is a cadet honor oath? Is he in the fucking Air Force Academy or no, something? No, Navy. He was, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was Navy. Yeah. yeah. So why the fuck did she have to have a cadet honor oath if she wasn't in the Navy? It wasn't, no, it, no. His running mate. Do you have any, do you have <laughs> stuff like this over there, Dan? No, I'm sitting here a bit open mouth, to be honest. I just can't believe how much rubbish comes out of your politicians' mouths. That's the only thing I can take from the whole Brexit campaign is nobody, I didn't hear anybody once say, what would God have wanted? Do we want to stay in or get out? Oh, (laughs) really? Just would never have been a factor. That's gotta be If if anybody said it, they'd be laughed out of the room. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you have extra room in your house or apartment or wherever you live, like an extra bed I can come live in? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. We're probably going to be uh, downsizing, I imagine, if the economy uh, keeps tanking. <laughs> I can I can bring extra income in. <laughs> well, just about the only time that I hear God discussed in in British politics is I have is, so much God discussed. You have no just, idea. <laughs> it's 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 like it's more used in just a colloquial term, right? It's there's no real deference given to God in so many of the things. They don't think that they will win or lose their campaign based on what God wants. It's a uh, you know, God save the queen no, kind of yeah, thing, exactly. or thank God this is happening. It's just it's just a manner of speaking more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, I mean, we would never have anybody saying, why are you running? For-? So at the moment, why are you running to replace David Cameron? Nobody would ever think to say, well, God told me to do it, because that would instantly disrule them from, <laughs> no, nobody would vote for them. <laughs> it's God's will. Yeah. Whereas over there, you have five different candidates running for something, and all of them God has told. So God's either having a Really good laugh and playing a tr- trick. Yeah, yeah, you, you should all go for it. Um, <laughs> or they're all making it up. Right. Or, 
guy's gone to Vegas and laid all this money on each individual because <laughs> he can be everywhere at once, so he can actually do that. Uh, yeah, but the-, well, the other thing you have to wonder is why is God telling them to run and not just telling all of us to vote for the person that he wants, <laughs> <laughs> or 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 just putting them in power? Yeah, I mean, put don't in- even vote. God should miraculously fill the ballot slips or however it works over there. I don't know. Yeah, just you just punch holes in things, don't you? Have chads. Yeah, I mean, it should be it should be pretty easy if you have all of the characteristics they claim he has, but yet he can be thwarted by evil people with with a pencil and a paper. Yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre. The power of democracy. Yeah. Actually, it's, it was interesting over here because when the whole Brexit vote was happening, there was a, a large number of people started a kind of conspiracy theory that you shouldn't use the pencils provided to, to draw your X in the box. You should take a pen because they somehow got it into their heads that someone would like, rub it out and no. then draw one and the other one. Like there'd be a government thing to make us remain. And huh. both Spike and I on, on our show were both saying, that's the least effective way to rig yeah. Election. You've got to go through rubbing out each individual cross and then drawing another one in. Yeah. When they could just fill in their own and throw yours away. Exactly. Or just bribe the person that makes the announcement in each area yeah. to, to say, oh, it was the other way. Has anyone else noticed the government spent an extra $5 million on rubbers this year? You call them rubbers, right? <laughs> erasers? Yeah, erasers, rubbers. Yeah. Same thing. That, do you know what? There actually was a thing. There was people were posting pictures of graphs that were showing the number of eraser sales. <laughs> in Westminster leading up to the referendum and saying that it's going through the roof they're buying loads of rubbers why, why are they doing that really yeah that, that was that kind of fed part of the conspiracy oh that's funny I mean the, the conspiracy theories that people come up with sometimes are fucking nuts yes that's hilarious <laughs> Donald Donald Trump has several of them in his name does he dun 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 ones that he <laughs> believes in not that are believed about him yes yeah apparently uh, number four on the list of Donald Trump conspiracy theories is that President Barack Obama was actually born Barry Soetoro. On different occasions, Trump has referred to the president as Barry Sotoro, Barry Soetoro, and Barry Sowoto. <laughs> huh. Indeed. Wait, this is a different name. He thinks he was born under a different name. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is this someone in Kenya? Because I've heard. Well, <laughs> and, and Barry is a distinctly Kenyan name. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> right. Indeed, Trump claims that Soetero was Obama's last name since his birth. Look, he was born Barry Soetero. Somewhere along the line, he changed his name, Trump told Sean Hannity in 2011. Uh. Despite the fact that, as Eric Liefeld points out, Soetero is the surname of Obama's mother's second husband, Lolo <laughs> Soetero, whom she married four years after Obama was born. Soetero came to Hawaii in 1962. Obama was born in 1961. So, hmm. that's just one more in the long line of Donald Trump conspiracy theories. Can I just point one thing out after the fact? Uh-huh. We did a really good transition there, and we didn't ruin it. <laughs> well, now it has been. Because we have to. Because we have to. Matt didn't catch it in time. Always got to point him out. Another bit of news here recently is that it looks like Hillary Clinton will not be indicted for her but, FBI, for her email scandal. But she just, she just had a sit down with the FBI for three hours yesterday. Doesn't that mean they're going to indict her now? Well, and the only reason she won't be indicted is because Bill Clinton met with Loretta Lynch and spent 30 minutes on her airplane on a, oh. in a tarmac in an airport. You sure they weren't just smoking cigars? 
So, so that actually <laughs> happened, right? No, Bill was in there going, "Hey, you remember Vince Foster, right?" <laughs> <laughs> the, so this actually happened. Bill Clinton, husband of Hillary Clinton, who is running for president of the United States, and is the <laughs> front runner for the Democratic nomination. Wait, who is she? Former Secretary of State, former Senator, former First Lady, <laughs> yep. lots of political experience. Yeah. Bill Clinton landed his plane. I can't even remember which airport it was. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome euphemism for Bill. <laughs> landed he landed his plane. <laughs> landed his plane and <laughs> fresh from Cuba. <laughs> landed his plane and convinced Loretta Lynch to drop charges against Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> drop charges. Uh, he was. <laughs> they were depth charges. Uh, he so apparently he and Loretta Lynch were on a on the tarmac at the same airport. He wandered over to her plane. Loretta Lynch is uh, the attorney general for the United States. Yes. And ah, thank you for telling me that. I had no idea. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I should have mentioned that ahead of, uh, at the start of this. Anyway, she's the she's the uh, attorney general for the United States who whose department would be the department who would bring charges against Hillary Clinton for the email server. Should they be necessary. Yeah, should they should they be necessary. So ahead of announcing a decision either way, Bill Clinton is on the same tarmac as Loretta Lynch. They've each got their own plane there. He sees her plane there, decides, hey, I'm going to go say hi. Walks over to her plane, gets on her plane, and is in there for 30 minutes chatting with her. And so now there's this. Of course, the optics of that are fucking terrible. He should yeah. have known better. It should have been. I was just about to say that that I wouldn't have thought that would be how you'd arrange a cover up. <laughs> you'd have yeah. a very clandestine <laughs> meeting, not on a runway somewhere in front of loads of witnesses. Well, mm. But yeah, if, if I was on a runway, it'd be on a private runway, not at a municipal, you know, airport. Or it could just be by yeah. phone somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I but mean, true. He, you've got to think how that's going to look if you see that person to go wandering over to have a chat with them when your wife's in the middle of a potential scandal it's not going to look brilliant no yeah yeah i mean certainly the optics of it were terrible and he should have known better but so i'm sure this will launch a new conspiracy about the clintons that bill has so much political sway that he convinced loretta lynch to not bring charges against hillary clinton to drop charges yeah he's the tarmac daddy (laughs) (laughs) another thing that is no longer going to be plaguing Hillary Clinton, at least officially, is Benghazi! Uh, uh, that'll bother her for a while, I think. Uh, Even after the $8 billion they spent on it? Yeah, the... And the, how many years? Yeah, and what, three years now on this investigation? Yeah. And providing more information on this than on the 9-11 Commission yeah. report? I mean, that's fucking ridiculous, right? Even the right-wing pundits such as Michael Wiener Savage, mm-hmm. are starting to blast. Wait, that's real. a name? That's a real name? Yeah, well, so yeah. so he he actually goes by Michael Savage now, but his... Birth name? Yeah, his birth name. The name on his birth certificate was Michael Wiener, and he <laughs> changed it to Michael Savage. So I like to call him... Oh, okay. Oh, I see. I thought it actually was Wiener Savage. That was... So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I like to hyphenate <laughs> it and just call him Michael Wiener okay. Savage. It, it, it could have been worse. He could have been Savage Wiener. I don't know. They're both good. No, I think they're both pretty bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, Michael Michael Weiner Savage is a conservative talk radio host here in the United States, uh, and he recently mocked uh, Representative Trey Gowdy, Republican of South Carolina, 
Uh, yesterday, after Gowdy's Benghazi Select Committee released a report that offered no new information about the 2012 attack. Trey Gowdy should be impeached for wasting my time, he fumed. He promised us a, l- a lot, remember? He had a Benghazi hearing three months ago, and it was an embarrassment. Hillary Clinton, them, Hillary turned them into idiots. Trey Gowdy, here he is again now, 80 million later. What did he find out? What we knew already. Yeah. That's what he found. Savage, nonetheless, still stood by the claim that the Obama administration told officers to stand down during the attack, a debunked conspiracy theory that was not corroborated by Gowdy's report. And the no. interest, the, the, the important thing here to know is that Trey Gowdy has, he, he, he wants Hillary gone. To, yeah. I mean, as badly as he could destroy her, uh, that's, that's the side. He's not trying to find, he's not trying to, uh, um, exonerate her he's trying to indict her yeah 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 and just did and so. still can't find anything so yeah yeah they they figured this was going to be the thing to take clinton down for years and years and uh i'm trying to remember which which republican it was who basically admitted while being interviewed on a national news program that the benghazi commission was just an attempt to take hillary clinton down yeah i was trying to de- uh de- uh Decredit, not decredit, discredit, discredit her. her yeah. uh, Watch her run for polit- for political office. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I think I might have j- just covered everything that he says, but let's listen to this little clip and see what he has to say in in the Wiener Savage voice. So, what do you think I'm going to talk about? If you think you're going to hear the word Benghazi come out of your mouth, my mouth, you're right. I just said Benghazi, and that's the beginning and end of it. I will not talk about it. Trey <laughs> Gowdy should be impeached for wasting my time. He promised us a lot. Remember Trey Gowdy, Trey Gowdy, the great tea party, Trey Gowdy. Everyone loved him. Everyone loved Trey Gowdy. All the schmendricks on the right. Oh, Trey Gowdy, the next president of the toilet bowl of America. He had a, a Benghazi hearing three months ago. It was an embarrassment. Hillary turned him into idiots. Trey Gowdy. Now here he is again now, $80 million later. What did he find out? But we knew already. What I wrote about in Government Zero, a whole chapter on which generals were ready to send aid and we're told to stand down. It's all in government zero. So therefore, I'm not talking about it. Man. It sounds he, more like you're trying to sell his own book. Well, and did he just refer to the United States of America as the toilet bowl? Yes. It's funny because that was not even a minute long. And it's like anyone just hearing that clip would, with a reasonably skeptic mind, would there be all kinds of red flags going up for a conspiracy theory. Just in what he said in under a minute there, you're like, he's just, Almost no coherence either. Well, the audio on that was really terrible. He's yeah. he's he's rich and has horrible audio all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking he sounded like the dad from Independence Day. <laughs> the dad from Independence dad Day. Dad from Independence Day. The uh, uh the drunk dad? No, the you know, uh Jeff Goldblum's dad in Independence oh, Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sounds exactly yeah. like him to my ear. Right. What is that guy's J- Judd uh, Hirsch, yeah. Judd Hirsch. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's uh getting into anti Semitic territory there. Whoa. <laughs> really? No, not really. It's, <laughs> okay, they, explain. They, they, both, they both are of – well, Judd Hirsch is Jewish, and I think yeah. Michael Weiner is as well. That's just – I don't know. There's a thing over here. Oh, I was guessing they both were based on some of the words he was using then. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are both, but – I'm allowed to say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're, we're allowed to. There's yeah, just, there's just an is, but, interesting know. thing in the United States with saying like, oh, they all sound the same or they all look the same or that, you know. I could I, I could tell that guy was black by the way he was talking that kind of thing. There's a sense of okay. We could have made a snipped I, I wiener you, joke you in didn't there. Mean it. Yeah, snipped wiener. Nice. There you go. 
<laughs> Somebody savaged his wiener when yeah, he was you younger. <laughs> About 13. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I have for tonight. You got anything else, Matt? Yeah, I got a fun thing. Okay. Is it fun? Yes, it is fun, actually. Okay. You'll have to, you'll have to let us know if there's an analog in Britain to anything like this. Probably, but we'll see. Um, okay. Here's the title of the article is, Is Demonic Possession a Real Thing? Oh, fuck. Of nope. course it is. They wouldn't have exorcist yeah. if it weren't. Yeah, of course. Uh, the vast majority of psychologists and scientists out there will tell you that it isn't. Nonetheless, the Washington Post has published an article by a Catholic psychiatrist named Richard Gallagher, who's taken time off from smashing watermelons to say uh, that there really that are joke. demonic what? possessions in the I world. I wanted to make the Gallagher watermelon <laughs> joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even though he concedes that... That most reported possessions are people suffering from mere earthly mental illness. So what separates your garden variety case of schizophrenia from full-blown demonic possession? Aliens. Here are four key symptoms that Gallagher says are common in possession cases he's encountered. Oh, he's encountered? That cannot be explained by science. Argument from ignorance number one. (laughs) (laughs) a person can suddenly speak in foreign languages they've never learned gallagher bonjour what bonjour oh yeah (laughs) well we already knew you were i'm just i'm just trying to see how many of these i can tick off oh okay (laughs) some of these will be very interesting I'll, i'll like to see how you try that uh gallagher says he's encountered possessed people who can all of a sudden speak in perfect latin despite the fact that they've never taken a class in their lives so this is a testable claim. Hang on, does he speak perfect Latin though? Because otherwise, how would he know? Yeah, right. Well, maybe he does. I mean, he's a he's a priest, right? A Catholic priest. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um. So that's testable, uh, meaning that it probably could be explained by science, but likely hasn't been studied because there aren't any real cases. E pluribus unum. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Yeah, there aren't anybody who actually speaks in Latin when they when they when they have never taken a class. Yeah. yeah. Argument from ignorance plus anecdote number two. A person develops superior strength and, in rare cases, might have powers of levitation. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, I'm floating away from the mic, guys. <laughs> sorry, okay. Hang on, I've just got to lift the desk up. Yeah, yeah grab yeah. the table. Grab the table. <laughs> Hold on to the Hold desk. down. Stop sucking on that helium bottle. <laughs> in some cases, might have this yeah. ability. Okay. Uh, Gallagher admits that he hasn't seen levitation personally, but he does say that, quote, half a dozen people I work with vow that they've seen it in the course of their exorcisms. Well, none none of them thought to video it. And I will vow that I had sex with Cindy Crawford. Yeah, Yeah. and I can't imagine why scientists aren't taking him seriously. Why is there no video evidence of this? Argument from ignorance and movies are real. Number three. A person starts saying unusually venomous things about religion. Oh, I fucking hate religion. I know. We, yeah. I was thinking about that too. I was like, we do this every week. It's weird. We are possessed. Of course, they would say we probably are. Yeah. Sure, lots of people dislike religion, but the sort of thing we're talking about here is like the scene in The Exorcist where Linda Blair stabbed herself repeatedly in the crotch with the crucifix. Well, I saw that on a porno once. Fuck me, fuck me. Yeah. She got arrested after doing the porno, though. <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and then he says, even the most diehard atheists usually aren't that antagonistic toward religion. So that's, oh. to him, that's evidence. 
I'm pretty antagonistic towards religion. Right. The fact that someone's more antagonistic toward religion than he thinks they ought to be. Huh. As a I, Catholic priest. I was very antagonistic toward religion with that with that guy who was following me around at the Reason Rally. Yeah. Well, yeah. but imagine imagine how antagonistic you'd be if a priest was trying to fucking exercise you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not like exercise you like, hey, lift more, run further, like right. Trying to shove a, a crucifix in your bum hole with some happy water. Is that or how it works? It I is. don't think that's how it works. <laughs> it's not. So it's like you've just destroyed my entire you need a view new of how priest. exorcisms oh. go. <laughs> so I was crucifixed wrong. Yeah, yeah. That explains it. <laughs> now speaking about d- demonic possession, was that was that was that the last one? I got one more. Yeah. Okay, one more. I'm I'm three for three at the moment. I'm excited to hear the last one. Yeah, that's true. You are. Hmm. Um, wait, did you speak Latin? Oh, yeah, you, no, you spoke in a different language, right? It didn't say it had to be Latin, just said a language you don't know. Right. Bonjour, yeah. Konnichiwa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Argument from ignorance, and number one for most credulous person ever, his number four is, a person has detailed knowledge about strangers' histories and their most shameful secrets. Gallagher says that, among uh, other things, possessed people may know how a stranger's loved one died. What secret sins she has committed, even where people are at a given moment. Now, speaking personally, Gallagher says that the that a possessed girl once somehow knew about his mother and her fatal case of ovarian cancer. <gasps> sure. I would like to know what the actual conversation was like. Right. Now we got to have. I'm, I'm guessing one of you's great grandparents died. Yes, <gasps> yes. At oh some point in the past. That's true. Very true. And it was in the past. Holy shit. Now, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to take a gander I'm, here. A gander? I'm going to, I'm going to guarantee, I'm going to bet your mother and father had sex at one point in time. Think about it too. Now, think now, about now you're scaring me. <laughs> true. I'm, I'm, I'm scared myself now because now I think I am a demon. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you guys happen to see? The videos that were coming out from uh The Conjuring 2 over in the Philippines, I think is where it was, where people were being possessed while watching the movie. Oh, jeez, no. It's it's a short, it's a short like, 40-second clip on YouTube you can find if you just search uh The Conjuring Possession. Yeah, the Philippines uh, is a very Catholic country. It is, but these people are in there. There's a someone in their theater seat just like writhing and like screaming and stuff, and like, oh, he's possessed. The movie made him, got him all possessed and stuff. It's like, are you fucking serious? Uh, it's like, uh, it's fucking bullshit. I think Dan just pulled it up here. I don't know if you want to hear it. Regular Dan. Yeah, regular Dan. Maybe. Or, Oh, it yeah. looks like somebody's taking video. In. Yeah, someone's just taking video inside a theater. It's like a cell phone video inside a theater, but it's it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> let's, but, let's see what it is. There sound? Let's see. Yeah, there's sound. You can hear the possessed person. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's complete. Yeah. <laughs> it's complete bullshit. <laughs> so supposedly this was someone that, someone that was possessed while watching The Conjuring 2. So if you... uh, it's the possessed one doing the really deep voice. Yes. I bet it seems more like to me like Somebody might have passed out in the theater or something, and people are trying to take care of them. And then someone added in Ed, those the voices, like, yeah. tiger sounds or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, or, well, I mean, or if it's you just, hyperventilate, all of a sudden you're. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, right. I can give you that voice on this this little mixer board right now if you wanted to, where you got the really deep voice, a satanic. Yeah, uh, you know, stupid. I can't remember if, if that's, that's what we had on right now. Oh, that's good. So. <laughs> <laughs> See there, yeah. I was just possessed. Yeah. Now that's that's an idea for a whole separate podcast. Just that voice the whole way through, <laughs> just all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that easy to be possessed in a movie theater hmm. while watching The Conjuring too. Well, you're lucky you had a couple atheists here in the studio with you to realize that you weren't really possessed. And, right. and you did it correctly this time. You didn't shove a crucifix up my ass. Right. Well, <laughs> not that anybody saw anyway. Or that you remember, I mean, whoa, I put the Rohypnol in your beer earlier. Whoa, what's this? <laughs> yeah, you got you got a, a cross anal raping and a Bill Cosby all in one show. Holy fuck. <laughs> and a Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to be Cosby'd. No. No. Well, I think uh, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to be cause aid either. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it. We'll call it a show. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Dan. It was a pleasure as always. Yes, thank indeed. you for having me. It's been good fun. Thank you, thank you. And we will chat at you all next week. Enjoy your holiday and have well, fun. We'll see us after the holiday. Sure. Or while they're possessed. <laughs>
Okay, Dan, what color shirt are you wearing over there right now? Red. No, not not you. Oh, that other Dan. I'm like, why are you asking? Are you a tr- are you testing my color blindness? Well, like, yeah, I already knew this was red. <laughs>